Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We love to begin with a word of prayer. This time with every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, great and powerful master we come firstly acknowledging that we have sinned and come short of your glory we've been disobedient children lord we stumbled and fell and really we stayed down much too long but we come thanking you for your darling son jesus christ who died that we might be forgiven of each and every one of our sins and cleansed from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, our prayer is that you would open hearts, open minds, and open souls that we might drink richly from the wells of thy holy and righteous word. And then, Father, use me as an instrument in your orchestra of love. These and many other blessings we ask in the name of thy holy perfect son, even Jesus Christ. Amen and thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm Pastor Steve, Pastor Portia. I feel good. (laughs) Glory to God. Um, um, I'm looking around. I don't see any babies in the room. Um, uh, we have, we discovered, um, we have friends in, uh, I believe it's Spain, in Italy, uh, in Philadelphia, in Texas, uh, in the Philippines, and in Japan. Also, also to all of our friends, we at Encounter Church give you a big old hug. Uh, we love you, and we're glad you're tuning in. Uh, and always to my uh, precious Princess Pauline. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Bless the Lord. Um, now, we, uh, um, again, uh, Children's Church is back there. Uh, grown-up Church is out here. Um, so... Um, uh, one preacher said we uh, some places do sermonettes for Christianettes, um, but this is a, a full sermon for full Christians, and so we're going to ask, uh, I bought my, uh, bless God, I bought my biker shades, and I bought my biker gloves. Uh, you'll find out why before the sermon is done. Bless the Lord. That's what I'm talking about, Brother Rick. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, there is a word uh, as we continue in Ephesians, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And uh, Pastor Steve, Pastor Portia have given Pastor Mike freedom. Amen. So let's turn to uh, Ephesians, uh, fifth chapter, 
And we, um, I'm not gonna apologize for reading because uh, I discovered as the vice principal, uh, just because somebody's in the ninth grade doesn't mean they can read. So I'm gonna read for you. And no apologies, amen. Ephesians 5 and 21, and you see it there on your screen also. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault in the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. And today we want to talk about baby mama drama. <laughs> baby mama drama. You need to know that God's purpose uh, and plan for husbands and wives is to establish an embassy of heaven, a place where the people of God will feel at home on earth as it is in heaven. Now, um, <laughs> you need to know that um, uh, folk can talk about marriage and this and that. When the Bible talks about marriage and when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, he was talking about the biblical picture of what a marriage could be and should be. We remember as little children, we prayed, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So praise God, at my house, every day, I have a sample of what heaven is like. And you need to know that that is also possible at your house. Today's message, if you are single, 
Bless God. If you think you might get married, bless God. If you are married, uh, by about 1.15 today, your marriage is going to be better. By about 1.15 today, you're going to have a better idea if you want to stay single. <laughs> or what not being single any longer is going to look like. Uh, somebody's marriage that thinks it's on the cliff, not only is it going to come off the cliff, you're getting ready to build a spiritual mansion. At your house, even if you're in a studio, even if you're sleeping in your car, it's getting ready to get better in your car. Bless God. So, uh, baby mama drama. The first thing you need to know if you are single and thinking about finding Mr. or Miss Wonderful. Uh, if you are already married and you wonder what happened to her. What happened to him? The first thing you need to know is you were dealing with an ambassador. Now, what an ambassador, you, those of you who have y'all that. During courtship, we are seeing an ambassador from the country of love. Now, an ambassador sets up in a foreign land, in a foreign country, an area, a place that represents what back home looks like. So if you're in another country and there's an American embassy, and that embassy is a little piece of the home country. And if you can just get there, everything's all right. People, I tell people, my car goes home even when I have somewhere else to go. Because no matter how much hell I have in the world, I want to get home because once I get in that door, I have heaven on earth. I refuse to have hell in my castle. And that is what we should be setting up. And when you are finding Mr. Wonderful, finding Miss Wonderful, you need to know she's an ambassador. He's an ambassador. And he's trying to show you the very best. That's why he has a haircut now. That's why he's been in the gym. That's why she went to the Mac counter. You don't know she really has a unibrow. Because she's an ambassador. You didn't know that men wear girdles too. Because he's an ambassador. He's wearing the good cologne. Because he's an ambassador. He wants you to think that's his car. She wants you to think that's her hair. But she's an ambassador. And she's not lying. He's not lying. He's just showing you, she's just showing you the very best from the home country. And above the embassy, there's a flag. And she's representing and he's representing red for passion. 
He wants you to think he's a hunk of burning love. She wants you to think she's a love machine and she won't work for nobody but you. That white stripe is for purity. You and you only. That's the flag. Over the embassy and the blue stands for the perseverance, the endurance of the sea. Timeless and immutable. And they're not lying. That's the flag that's flying, but it is a goal. It indicates the covenant. And you need to know on everybody's flag, there's not only red, white, and blue, but there is also the stars. And he got stars, she got stars, all of God's children got stars. One of those stars represents Minnesota. And it gets cold in Minnesota. One of those stars represents Texas. And it gets hot. In Texas, one of them represents Louisiana. And in Louisiana, there's a beautiful city called New Orleans, but New Orleans is below sea level. And as beautiful as it is most of the time, sometimes it floods. And in order to maintain it, they build special fences to keep the water back so it doesn't flood. So you need to know that those stars represent the hopes, the dreams, the goals, the plans, the possibilities, and the realities of where people come from and where they might go. So when the Bible is talking about husbands and wives, it's talking about all 50 of those states wrapped into one. I think I just saved somebody's marriage. Because you didn't realize that in your husband, in your wife, there's not just California. There's some Florida, and Florida got gators. There's some Texas, and Texas has some mosquitoes that look like helicopters. There's some Utah. One time, Pastor I was in Utah. I didn't know those parts of my body could get that cold. All of those are in your husband and in your wife. You just need to make sure you don't build a house there. Because, point number two, you need to be aware that there are spots and wrinkles and blemishes. Everybody has some. And so you don't need to be surprised when your husband or your wife or your fiance has spots, blemishes, and wrinkles. Because it's not just the flag, it's also the real country. 
And you need to accept that and deal with that. And just so you'll know, I'm not just talking about current culture. In the Bible, and and there's so many illustrations, I had to narrow it down. Uh, uh, Awareness. Be aware uh, of the realities of wives and husbands, even biblical ones. Now, I put there Joseph and Ashenath because Joseph was that uh, one who went on to be the vice chairman of Egypt. He was a Jew in another country and he rose up to prominence. But but you need to know that some of God's very best men have been to jail. And I'm not talking about picking up trash on the weekends. I'm talking about some have been for days, some have been for months, and some have been for years. And men, that does not eliminate you from God using you. And ladies, if you find out, I hope he told you before the ring. But if you find out after the ring, that does not mean you need to get rid of him because he has been to that state. Joseph in God's hand after jail. Now, I'm not even talking about if he was guilty or not guilty. After God gets a hold of a man who's been in jail, God can elevate him as long as he is in God's control. Amen. Somebody don't say amen. And then Sarah and Abraham. Now, we, we have these stained glass pictures of Bible marriage of of marriage but it's not even biblical and we need to know we we talk about Sarah and Abraham but Sarah was a fine young thing and Abraham was a strong young thing and when Abraham got into a pinch Abraham you tried to depend on his wife's pretty to get him what he wanted. And he told his wife, baby, say you're my sister so that it'll go well with me and Pharaoh. Now, some of you have depended on your wife's beauty to get you some things. And brothers, some of you have misused women. And some of you women have been misused. But just because that is in your past, it does not mean that God doesn't have a great future for you. And now, we talk about Sarah and Abraham, but we need to also know that Hagar. Now, ladies, learn from the Bible. Because, see, some of you are real pretty, but you refuse to do what he wants you to do. And if you're not careful, you, you will wink and nod at him running over to Hagar's tent. And some of you have given, I, I, help us, Jesus. I've had some wives say, I don't care where he goes as long as he don't bring it home. Ladies, that's not God's way. And some of you have 
let that creep into your marriage and brought home a, a, a Ishmael. But that still does not mean that God can't use you and God can't use him. And that is the reality in some biblical marriages. And it gets, I don't want to say worse, I want to say different. A lot of folk know about Abraham and Sarah. And some folk know about Hagar, which made Ishmael. But some folk have forgotten about Keturah. Now, I want to encourage some of you men who think you over the hill. Um, Abraham, after Hagar, after Sarah, after Ishmael, after Isaac, he, that does, if you read your Bible, there's another marriage to Keturah. And old, and you would have thought through Abraham, had six more kids. That ought to encourage somebody. Because some of us think we are too old to be productive for God. You think you have too many miles on you. You think you round in third and God may be saying, son, you ain't even hit first base yet. You, th you think I'm 90 years old, I'm done. You just 30. You just 40. You're just 50. You're only 60. Abraham was over 100 years old when he looked at Keturah and Keturah looked at him and she said, yep, and he said, yeah. <laughs> Biblical merit. Be aware what God can do with spots and wrinkles and blemishes. And then Jacob and Leah. Now, there's some stuff in some of these families that are so tangled up. We know about it. And, and the church in Ephesus knew about, they talked about proudly the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jacob, the one he wanted first was Rachel. And he worked hard for Rachel. And thought he had Rachel and was drunk celebrating getting ready for Rachel and his daddy-in-law slipped him a Leah. Now, her sister, and I believe she knew that Jacob wanted Rachel and but Leah said, well, it's my turn. And sometimes somebody in your family will be the one messing up your marriage. Sometimes somebody in the house you grew up with will be, let's put a nice name on it, sexually inappropriate. And try to blow your house to smithereens. But you can even survive that tragedy. That devastation that happened at your house, maybe with your relative. And then some of your men, it wasn't just Leah. It wasn't just Rachel. Some of y'all never heard of Bilhah and Zilpah. Those were the other women. And some of your men have had other women. 
And some of you were the other woman. But those situations placed in God's hand went on to produce the 12 tribes of Israel. And so you might have made a mistake, but God did not make a mistake when he let that baby get here. You might not have been Rachel's baby. You might not have been Leah's baby. But if you got here, you are God's baby. And so you need to know, in spite of the situation of your parents, in spite of the situation at your house, you can go on to be one of the tribes of Israel, a tribe of praise, a tribe of worship, a tribe of tradesmen who can be productive in the kingdom of God. So it might be baby mama drama, but God already has a wonderful end written to your dramatic situation. Know that in spite of that ambassador that you might have thought tricked you, you need to be aware, even in these type of marriages, with these type of situations, that with that kind of drama, God can still and does still get kingdom business done. And set up heaven at your house in spite of the hell that you went through. And so, I want to talk about all. And here's where I need to. just put on one now when I was a little fella my daddy went and bought me some gloves because (laughs) but Dan we didn't have no power hedge cutters and we didn't have a power lawnmower and so when we cut the hedges we had looked like some big old scissors (laughs) We had a lawnmower that you had to push, and our front yard had a hill. But my glory, my daddy went and bought me some gloves because he says, son, one of these days you're going to touch precious things. One of these days you are going to handle fine women and paper money. And when you touch them, you don't want to shred them. And so you need to work. But you need to also know that your work is leading to something greater. Now, Pastor Mike, why did you put on those shades? Because brothers and sisters, God is getting ready to take you at such a fast speed. The wind going to get in your eyes. And he's going to shine the light so bright that when you look at her, you might think that girl is glowing. When you see that man that God has prepared for you, he might be so bright. You might say, oh, baby, you're blinding me, baby. You're shining so good. 
and he might be so hot, you might need some gloves. Pastor Steve, I was in Costco. I was on my scooter, and I was going so fast, one of the little kids say, Mommy, why do they let him ride his motorcycle in Costco? And so Sister Kalila, I got me some biker gloves so in case I had to drag my knuckles in the curve. I'm going to be going fast. Glory, God can get done in a day, in a week. What you haven't been able to get done in 10 years. And so you need to get ready for her to show up. Ready for him to show up. Do the work. But then take your gloves off. Now what's that going to look like? How can you get some heaven at your house? I'm glad God gave us a prescription. Because this is what it looks like, and this is what it's going to take. And some of you are getting ready to have heaven show up at your house before 115. Because here's what it looks like. All, bring all of the very best of you and work with all that your spouse is. Not what you want them to be, but who they are right now and who they are in all of them 50 states. Didn't say your perfect wife. Didn't say your perfect husband. Didn't say when they got it all together. It said, wives, bring all. Now, husbands and wives, this is what this looks like. And I gave you the outline so you could circle where you need to start your work and get busy because it might, you might get some calluses on the way. Now, spiritually, husbands and wives, just talking about mutual submission, but it's not because he's so good or she's so good. It's because God is so good. And this is God's recipe for bringing heaven to your house. Now, spiritually, husbands, pray for your wives and pray for yourself so that you cannot have a good night, but so that you can have a good life. And what you wouldn't do for her if you were waiting for her to get enough points to earn your prayer You ought to do it for Jesus because that's the way heaven shows up at your house. So men, we need to fast and pray not to lose weight, but to keep our wife. To have God's kingdom come at our house. Ladies, spiritually, now ladies don't, bless God. Princess Pauline set up a prayer room at our house. And but I don't know too many men that have a prayer room for most of us. It's the car on the way to work. But so ladies don't usually have a problem with spiritually, but men, we need to study the word. We need to be men of prayer. We need to be men of fasting because we want heaven at our house. Mutual submission. Then mentally now and some of us have never thought of this, but it's going to change something today before sunset. Men, some of us play fantasy football. God bless you. Have you spent as much time drafting what will give your wife pleasure as you spend on which quarterback and which lineman you want on your team? 
Ladies, have you spent as much time thinking about how to submit to your husband, finding out what it takes to win with him as you spend at the Mac counter at Macy's and at Nordstrom's talking about, mm, I think that'll work over there and I think that'll work over there when you get the carpet right and the sheets right and the flowers right and everything else right and you haven't thought about what it takes to get him right. Your whole mind. And then physically, getting ready to transform a whole bunch of stuff right here. Have you gotten physically prepared and gave all that you have to your wife, to your husband? Pastor Steve, I came, I, Pastor Steve and I know we, we some, sometimes we, 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 we talk early, early, early in the morning. And, and, and one time, you know, I got out and did a whole bunch of work early in the morning before my wife even woke up. And I came back home, and I'm going into the bathroom, you know, and, 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 and she said, baby, haven't you been out? I said, uh-huh. She, 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 she said, well, you, you getting ready to shower now? I said, uh-huh. She said, you mean you didn't shower before you went out? I said, uh-uh. I said, because I'm getting ready to work real hard and sweat. She said, well, well, well why, why, why are you getting ready to go in there now? And get? I said, baby, I'm getting ready to get fresh for you. She said, well, you didn't want to get fresh for them? I said, say, if I would get fresh for them, why wouldn't I get fresh for you? Are you giving the world the best of you? If you were serious about your job, if you were serious about winning, you would get it tight and right. And you would step up in there when you got a new job and you want to get promoted and you would this name. You are crisp. And so are you bringing the best of yourself physically? Sometimes, glory to God, you need to go to work, say hi, and come home at nine. And give your wife some of the best that you've been giving that job. Wives, same thing with your husband. Have you given him all? And now... Bless God. Don't give him nothing you don't have, but give him everything you do. Oh, as thank you, Jesus. We read the Bible, but we don't read it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. And then Paul says, wives, love your husband like that. Are you loving him passionately? Are you loving him with all your heart and all the strength you got? Men, are you, have you ever sat down and thought about, bless God, when, when I first got married, Pastor Steve, I didn't even know my wife didn't like scrambled eggs. My baby liked her egg folded. <laughs> so this morning, I bought my baby a folded egg in bed. Why? Because that's how she like it. I just saved some marriages. And then financially. Now, we tend to focus on the areas we like when God wants us to focus on it all. 
Men, I've shared this with you before. For some of you, this is review. I've had some men, sometimes preachers, sometimes pastors, come to me and say, Pastor Mike, thrill is gone, babe. Thrill is gone away. I say, well, I tell you what you do. You go buy her some shoes and buy her a purse that matched the shoes and buy her a hat that matched the purse and buy her a dress or a pantsuit that matches the hat, the purse, and the shoes. And if it didn't hurt, it wasn't expensive enough. Give her something that hurt. Give it, gotta hurt. Gotta financially hurt. He said, Pastor Mike, why in the world would I do that? I say, because the Bible says where a man's treasure is. Now, if you having trouble looking at her now, when you put that on her, I bet you'll look at it in. <laughs> and you might just get reminded of why you started looking at her in the first place. Give to her until it hurts. Why? Because Jesus gave it all. And once she knows, you will give it all. She'll be sure. That's why you need to marry a Christian woman. Because, bless God, you'll fool around and get something going on at your house. You will be happy to go home. Because I, I know my Pauline won't be happy. And I know I want her happy. And she thinks she's going to make me happier than I'm making her. No, she ain't. <laughs> and I'm going to get your toes done. She said, I'm going to get you a sweatsuit. I'm going to get. And we having a heaven contest. Submitting to one another, not like a general to a soldier, but like Christ to the church. You ever gone to a church where the worship service was hot? And you saw somebody old. Worship. That's how it can be at your house. When you start getting, you, when you start saying, you know what, baby? I'm getting ready. We're getting ready to have some worship service up in here. We getting ready to lift holy hands. We getting ready to praise him with the dance. <laughs> you didn't know you could do that at home. You should. And it ought to be that way to him, with him, and through him, to her, with her, and for her. And we say this in the vows, but we need to realize that it's real. Richer or poorer, sickness and health. The conditions of a successful marriage are not perfect health. 
Sometimes you won't really find out, bless God, I'm not going to cry, but, but my deceased wife in the hospital, in intensive care, with all kind of stuff hooked up to her, she looked me in the eye and said, baby, why are you still here? I said, because I love you. She said, but I can't do nothing for you. I said, it ain't about that. You are a gift from God to me. If you can't do jumping jacks, if you need a tube to breathe, I thank God for sharing you with me. If you will think back about it, some of the best times in your marriage was when you was eating top ramen. Spam. When you... Glory to God. I didn't even know we were broke. Because we, we used to get that government cheese. We had cheese, omelet, cheese, toast, cheese, macaroni, and sometimes cheese. But it was love in that house because we was going to make it with what we had. Because love endures. Rich or poor, sickness and in health, better or worse. There's going to not just be some better, there's going to be some worse. And if you're going to have a biblical marriage in heaven at your house, you're going to get realistic about it. And know that not only does that not have to be the end, that can be what helps you build what God is building at your house. And when your children see it and your grandchildren see it. I don't think I don't, I, I, I don't think my, my granddaughter would would mind me sharing this little baby came with Paul, Paul, Pauline and I. It, we, we was very early in our relationship and, 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 and she came over on a Friday and she asked my bonus son, Armando, my, my, talking about my granddaughter. She said, um, it's Friday. He said, uh huh. She said, well, they they're not cussing. He said, no. She said, but it's Friday. She said, they're not fighting. He said, no, they're not fighting. She said, but it's Friday. Don't married folk fight on cuss on Friday? He said, well, no, I hadn't thought about it, but they don't never cuss and fuss. Not even on Friday. And so now she knows that you can have a marriage without cussing and fussing. And your house is going to show that's possible in your family. When you build it like that. Mutual submission. It's not just the end. And one wise old preacher said, Quit reading the other one's mail. Now, if I focus on what God told me to do, glory, you'll find the blemishes and the spots going away. That girl that gets so beautiful if you cut off that porno. That girl that gets so fine 
I think I shared with you the mind that I hope you don't mind if I share it again. My wife wondered why, why I, I keep a remote in my hand. Sometimes it, it's almost like a ring on my hand. Some stuff come on TV. She said, baby, why? I, I was watching that. I said, but I'm not. She said, one time, she said, well, why, why, why are you turning? I said, because they got more thighs and breasts than Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't need to see that. And you need to know, you need to set it up how it's going to be at your house. It's mutual submission so that, so that heaven can come on earth at your house. Wives, be what God wants you to be for and through and to your husband. Not because he's perfect, not because he never made a mistake, but because of who Christ is to you. And husbands, be what God wants you to be for your wife. Through your wife and to our wives, not because she's perfect, not because she's already got it all together, but because that is God's plan for bringing heaven to your house and presenting your marriage, your home without spot or blemish. Won't you please stand on your feet? Won't you please stand on your feet with every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, in spite of the baby mama drama that our mothers and fathers may have gone through. And for some of us, generations, grandfathers, great grandfathers, some of us in our current homes, it seems like a constant soap opera. But Heavenly Father, you've shown us in your word that it's not the perfect wives or the perfect husbands or the perfect situations where you produce a tribe of worshipers, where you produce a tribe of judges, a tribe of craftsmen, families, Lord God, that make it into the hall of fame. Heavenly Father, teach us to not let our past eliminate the possibility of getting married, of finding a godly man or a godly woman that you can grow with and go with and become an embassy of heaven on earth. Teach us, O oh Lord, that once we are in marriages, it's not just passion. It's not just purity. It's not just calm seas, but sometimes it's a stormy ocean with 50 different states, sometimes hot, sometimes cold, sometimes alligators, sometimes fires, sometimes tornadoes, but we endure because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you that single lady that single man who is almost given up we pray that you would renew their strength and have them put on their spiritual biker gloves so when they have to reach something hot and lift something heavy and bank in the curve when they finished it they'll still be ready to hug their baby 
teach him to put on some spiritual shades that when she shows up shining bright, they won't be blinded by the light. And when she sees the man that you have sent, she will be able to receive the gift that God has given her in a husband, in a fiance. Teach us, oh God, how to love our wives as Christ loved the church, even with the thorns in our minds, even with the spear in our sides, even when our feet are nailed and we can't go where we want to go. Teach us that that is the pathway to resurrection power. Teach brides, oh God, that it's worth the worship. It's worth the effort spiritually, mentally, and physically in order to have a worship service even at their house. Thank you, Lord God, that you didn't give up on us. You said, wives, love your husband as the church loves Christ. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And Lord, we look forward with joy and expectation to having our baby mama drama have a wonderful end because we pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus and the church said. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.